The reason we say this at North Lake Church is not to be doing something that is a ritual, not to be doing something that sounds neat. I want us to understand that it is our purpose that the Word of God get down into our spirits. Not just in our head, not just outside. We want it to be all of who we are. So we say, this book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Hallelujah. Convinced the living water changes everything. One life at a time. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm glad to hear you saying that. And it's more than just saying it, North Lake Church. We're convinced. Because if you've been gripped by Jesus Christ and he's changed your life, you know the answer for a hurting world is Jesus. He is the answer for the world still today. Praise the Lord. Well, this morning I want you to look at it's new, it's here, it's His. It's new, it's here, it's His. If you've ever had a question whether God has a purpose in you being here in you being a part of what God is wanting you to do, I pray and have been in prayer that this passage of Scripture will get you excited and answer the question that God has purpose in your life. No matter who you are, no matter how old you are, whether you're young child, teenage, young adult, or into your retirement, You have a purpose that is beyond just this physical life, beyond what our five senses can tell us. It is a spiritual thing. It is an eternal thing. God wants you to be equipped so you can have eternal value in the kingdom of God. By the way, I just want to give you a plug. If you ever want to see me once in a suit next Sunday's that Sunday because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get one or two of those that's good <laughs> nothing wrong with suits and ties I'm going to be giving the state of the church address and I, you know I tried giving it one year without it without a tie on and there's just something about giving the state of the church address that that uh, I just get dressed up for so if you want to see it next week it is okay <laughs> And uh, so uh, I'm excited about it, excited what the Lord is doing, so I encourage you to be here next week. But God wants you to understand He's got a purpose for you and for your life. Hallelujah. Let's look at the passage of Scripture found in Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42, starting at verse number 5. And I'm going to have, Matt, if you would, scroll that for me as I read. Isaiah 42, starting at verse number 5. 
Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have now come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell on them, let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices, the settlements where Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord. And declare his praise in the coastlands. The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. I am convinced nothing is impossible for our God. There is nothing too difficult for Him. Hallelujah. So let's look at this passage of Scripture, and first of all, let's talk about new year, new you. Now, when I say that, you say, well, wait a minute, new you, I I don't know about a new you. Well, the scripture declares when you receive Jesus, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The old is gone and the new has come. This is a pattern of God that we see. A new year coming is a good thing. And yes, I understand that we see that and and it's a, a passing of a calendar date. But it is also a pattern of God. There is a time and a season for things. And then there is a time where God says, I am doing a new thing. Something that is new. In fact, as you look and you uh, were were in a time, uh, you saw the little snowflakes I put up there. It was a cold week. Got warmer, but uh, then it got cold again. (laughs) Yesterday was cold. But the fact is that 
although winter is here, guess what's on its way? And there's not a thing that any of us can do to stop it from coming. Spring is going to come. No matter how much you like maybe the winter time and the snow, if you do, <laughs> the spring is coming, praise the Lord. <laughs> and the warm weather is coming. And what am I saying? I'm saying that it is a pattern of God to bring new things. And you're not going to change that. It is a pattern of God. And it's not to say that we throw out the Word of God. There are some that talk about, well, it's new, and so therefore, let's just throw everything out. No, there are some things God says are principles, and with the Word of God, He says His Word will stand forever. So, when we're talking about a new you, I'm talking about the fact that, are you walking in the newness God has declared over you? That's the issue. See, we need to understand God has given us newness of life. That's the first thing. I want to declare to you right now, if you have not experienced that newness of life in your heart, before you leave this place, you can experience it. God can come into your heart, forgive every one of your sins. He'll give you a new heart. And place His Spirit in you. And give you life. To the full. Hallelujah. He will give you life. So if you're here and you have not made that decision. Before you leave this place. You can know that you are new in God. But though, although some of us are have received salvation and have heard the plan of God and maybe you've even been in the house of God for some time, are you walking in all that God has given you in your newness of life? Are you truly grabbing a hold of all God has for you? Or are you trying to sometimes settle for looking back at that old way of life. Are you trying to, you know, there are a lot of people that are still living in 2014. <laughs> there are a lot of people that are still living in 2000. There are a lot of people that are even going back further than that. And sometimes it's because of successes. Sometimes it's because of failures. But the point is, you can think about and you can live there, but it doesn't change that it's 2015. There's not a thing that we can do. The fact is, God has allowed this day to happen. This is the day of the Lord. And he is asking and wanting us to walk in newness of life. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, I have called you. I want to ask a question. If you were to look or evaluate your life, what have you allowed 
to define yourself? What have you allowed to define who you are? Are you allowing the world to define you by your successes? Are you allowing the world to define you by your job? Are you allowing the world to define you by your family history? Are you allowing the world to define you by failures? I declare to you today that you can have newness of life in Jesus' name. He will take the old and throw it out and he will bring in the new. He says, I have called you. We need to understand it is about whose you are. When you understand God has called me, God looked at me, he saw me, and he called me by name. That is where you find your identity, in Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. He will give you an identity that you have not a clue, the joy, the peace that passes understanding. Why? Because it's not based on anything that the world has. It's based on the fact that you've been called by the Master He says, I've called you. Then he says this. I will hold your hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do you hear? This is not somebody holding your hand. Now, I just celebrated 27 years. And... One of the greatest, simple joys in life is my hand intertwining with Jill's. It's very simple, but there are sometimes I just sit and I look and I think, wow, she's really mine, <laughs> as any person can be, because we really belong to the Lord first. <laughs> Okay, but what I'm saying is, if I get giddy about that, how much more I ought to understand when Scripture says, God will hold your hand. God will hold your hand. Hallelujah. I don't know, but as a child, I have a vague recollection. I moved the first part of my adolescent life to a new school probably once a year. By the time I graduated, I literally had dozens of schools that I went to. So I remember the apprehension that I had in 1972 when we moved to Portland. And I was going to a Portland school, and it was overwhelming to me. And I remember, I have a vague recollection as I was studying, I believe, excuse me, was the Lord that allowed it to remember as a little six-year-old, seven-year-old, I guess I was first grade, 
a little boy holding my mom's hand as I walked to class because she was walking me, and we only lived about two blocks from the school, but she walked me down that day. Now, mom did not walk me down the other days. She had things to do. She's mom, and, but understand, God's not your mom. God's not your earthly dad. God is the God who will hold your hand all the time. He'll never let go. He will hold your hand no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going to go through, no matter what happens, He will hold your hand. Hallelujah. Then He says this. I'll not only hold your hand, I'll watch over you. Now, I remember at times <laughs> growing up, uh, you know, we had four of us and we were all boys. And I remember one time being up on the roof, we created a, a, a dummy that we had made out of our own clothing. <laughs> and we had a neighbor lady that just was dying to find out what kind of trouble we were getting into. <laughs> And I remember taking that dummy out on the roof and, throw, and, and getting out there on the roof and acting like we were wrestling around and all of a sudden throwing the dummy off the roof. <laughs> it was the great. You talk about the police being somewhere quickly. I mean, they were there quickly. And my, and my mom, my mom, who answered the door, with the police saying, uh, is everything okay here? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't it be? Well, we heard someone got thrown off the roof. <laughs> and my mom said, boys! <laughs> uh, but the point is, no one can watch over you like God. God watches over you better than a mom. God sees everything. God sees it all. And then he says this, and here's what you need to understand. Don't be defined by the world, by success, by your job, by your family, your history. Again, be defined that you are a child of God washed in his blood. And then he says, I appoint you. Look at what it says. This is what he says, I appoint you. Now, when we make an appointment to the United, whatever it is, as an ambassador or whatever it is in the nation, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to walk and have the authority of our country still, with all of its faults, we're the greatest nation on the earth. And when we go and represent, and you say, I am representing the United States of America, it still has more clout than any of the others. Okay? Now, when that being said, do you realize that God's saying, I not only called you and knowed you by, knew you by name, I'm appointing you for an assignment. Now, that's an identity worth having. That's understanding whose you are. Doesn't matter how it is that God has chosen, 
for you to be that ambassador through your work of your hands or wherever God places you in employment or whatever it is that you uh, uh, bless your family with. You are appointed by God to be His light bearer. That's your purpose. It's not to get the paycheck, although God will bless you with that, and God will provide. It's not the purpose. It is to be a light in a dark place, in a place that needs the light of Jesus Christ. He has called you to be a light. And he says, to be a covenant you think, well, now, we don't, and we don't use the term covenant nearly enough, even in, in, even in the church. And, and I understand that it's a word that was just, is not used a lot. But truly, a covenant is so much more important than a contract. The covenant that God has called you by is written in His own blood. He bears the scars on him still. That's the mark of the covenant. The mark. Because we couldn't fulfill it. So he said, I'll do it. That's exciting. And he says, I have appointed you as a covenant so that you can say, I know somebody who can give you the same new covenant that he gave me. And it's not by your power, nor by your might, nor by what you are able to do. God did it himself. Hallelujah. He did it himself. He's called you to incredible things. Then it lists a few. I don't think this is an exhaustive list. There's so much more that the Word of God talks about us being involved in kingdom purposes. And I guess that's the last point that I would say to you, is that we need to be involved in kingdom purposes. No matter where your vocation takes you, that's insignificant as long as you understand it's about the kingdom that you're there. That's the real purpose. The real purpose is the kingdom. And he says here that you would open the eyes of the blind. Now, I know and I have heard, I have been in contact with those who have physically had their eyes opened by God. And that's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. And I believe that that scripture also points to that God can heal the blind. But, oh boy, you know what? Even when God heals the eyes, when we grow old, our eyes still get weak. And if the Lord tarries, we're all going to pass the way of death. That's what scripture says. And your eyes are going to fail you but so much more an opening of the eyes spiritually. 
that God would open the eyes of people so that they could see God and his plan and his salvation and his goodness and all that they, they need to see that he wants to do for them. God wants you to be that bearer of light so that that blind person spiritually will see Jesus. That's your purpose. Hallelujah. That's what he wants you to be. To release prisoners. Now, yes, I believe that God is concerned about those who are locked in prison. But also, some of them are there, most of them are there by their own consequence and need to bear the consequence of what they've done. But what we're talking about is God releasing. There's no prison like being in prison to sin and to the world and to things that have you so weighed down, and even though they bring no joy, even though it's absolute drudgery, even though it brings nothing but death, I get up and I do it all again tomorrow. That's prison. God's called to something better than that. God's not called us to prison. God's called us to life. God's called us to bring a message to say God's going to pull you out of that prison and let you be free. And he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Out of darkness. Isn't it amazing that still those sins that seem to be the worst most often than not happen at night. We just don't want people to see what we do because there's something about it that we know is not right. But God has called us to reach and pull people out of the darkness into the light. He's called you to be that light bearer to shine light in a dark place. Yes, our nation has a lot of troubles and it has a lot of areas that are dark. And the only hope for the United States of America is still the hope for the rest of the world and that is Him. So the first thing I ask to you this new year, let us walk in the new you. Don't go back to the old you. Don't be, don't be defined by what the world says about you. Be defined by what God says about you. The second thing. Wow, I thought we just talked about that, Brian. The second point is it's here. And that is today. This moment right now is the only thing you have. You can talk about tomorrow all day long, but until it comes, you'll never be able to do anything about it. You can talk about what you're going to do, what you're going to start. Lots of people, I'm sure, 
did what all of us do, and so I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad things, but we all make those New Year's resolutions, only to find that very quickly they're over. Really, when we come to think about it, today is the tomorrow you thought about yesterday. Do you hear me? Today is the tomorrow you thought about yesterday. Now, I'll tell you what happens, and I'll illustrate it. Those of you who are SpongeBob fans will love this. (laughs) Because uh, Patrick and SpongeBob are wanting to do things, and Mr. Mr. Krabs is trying to give them direction. And and, uh, SpongeBob says, uh, in, in talking about doing something now, He says, I thought you aren't supposed to put off tomorrow what you can do today. And Mr. Krabs looks at him and says, boy, what is tomorrow but yesterday's today? Oh, Michaela's saying, what is? What is today but yesterday's tomorrow? (laughs) Boy, talk about... so." What is today but yesterday's tomorrow? And the point is, if he followed Mr. Crabb's advice, when would he do it? Matt, say it loud. You never do it. And the point is, truly you need to understand, today is what God has given you. That is the moment you have. If there's any hope, For you being anything tomorrow, if it doesn't happen today, it's not happening. You can talk about it, you can dream about it, but unless you're doing something today, it isn't going to happen. God wants you to know... The new year, the new day he's given you is a gift from God. It is his gift to you. Many times those days pile up. Gifts that are never opened. Day after day they sit there. Because we think, well, I'll open it tomorrow. I'm going to open the one tomorrow. I'm going to open the one next week. And no matter how you hope for it, you don't have it. (laughs) The only thing you can open is today. It's the only gift you have. Luke chapter 9, you can write this down, verses 57 through 62. Jesus talks about those who want to come follow him. And each one of them, after declaring how bad they want to follow him, say, but first. And Jesus says, look, you go do your first. I'm going to continue doing my thing. And you think, wow, that was kind of harsh. No, Jesus knew what the point was. The point was, is tomorrow's never coming. (laughs) So with these people that said, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll do anything. But first, Jesus said, okay, go do your thing. Because if you don't do it now, 
It isn't going to happen. Someone mentioned in class today the phrase that I'm sure you've heard before, don't be so heavenly minded. That is the biggest oxymoron I have ever heard in my life. If you truly have the mind of Christ and the Word of God and you're heavenly minded, meaning plugged into the kingdom, you're going to have the most effect on your world. It is the most practical living you can do. Now, I understand, again, if we're talking about a pipe dream. And really that phrase came about because of those that continued talking about tomorrow and never did anything today. Those are people, they're so heavenly minded, they're, they're, they're thinking about, well, Lord, sometime, you know, tomorrow I'm going to witness to that person. God, tomorrow, God, this Christmas, this coming Christmas, it's going to be different, Lord. That kind of heavenly thinking will do us no good. But saying, God, today, right now, at work, I've got a person next to me that desperately needs the gospel. God, would you help me by your Holy Spirit to be a light right now, right where I am. Lord, help me to be effective where you've placed me with the task you've given me. Help me to bring you maximum glory. That's how you can make the best of 2015 today because truly tomorrow never comes all right next point as we look at this he makes a statement in Isaiah 42 starting at verse number 13 I want to talk about God's power very popular right now, Exodus. I haven't seen it. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not making a plug, either positive or negative, for the movie. Uh, but I will tell you this. It's new, it's here, and it's His. You say, what do you mean? If anything's going to happen, it's His power that's going to do it. There's only one way that Red Sea split. And we could sit and we could talk and we could wish and we could hope. But when the power of God came, the ocean split. The waters split. And they walked across dry land. God says that he is a warrior. 
Now, now, here's the thing that we have to ask. When we're talking about God's power, God will not be your genie in the bottle. God will not be manipulated by anybody. So if we, if we get this easy, okay, God's in my bottle, I'll, I'll rub it three times and grab it, blab it type of mentality. If I say it, God has to do it. I'm not telling you God isn't faithful at His word and you can't claim the promises of God. But what I'm asking is, are you fighting His battle? Because if you're not, God will let you fight your battle as long as you're willing to fight. You can wear yourself out. And then when you get done and you call on God, He'll come and rescue you. I've done that too. But here's the thing, if you want to see the power of God split the water of your life, fight his battles. Fight his battles. You say, well, what does that mean, Pastor Brian? That means that we have to understand that truly God is interested in the eternal and the spiritual. We oftentimes, if I'm honest with myself, get so caught up in the temporal and what I see, and I think if this would just change, everything in my world would be right. And I'm fighting and fighting and fighting, and God finally says, like he talked to my son one time, have you ever thought that maybe you're fighting against me? Have you ever thought that just maybe because I'm the God of the circumstance, I'm the God who can speak to the sun and have it hold still for a day. And by the way, a couple more hours too. And if you look at NASA, they actually have lost a day and a few hours. That's a fact. When God says he's going to do something by his power, it happens. God is not lacking in power. So what I'm saying is if you're fighting his battle, you're going to have all of the fact that God says, I am a warrior. Now you can talk to me about whomever you think is the best and mightiest warrior and I can tell you, you've seen nothing yet compared to Jesus. He is a man of war. He is, when, when, when you talk about war, when you, when they, uh, if you've ever uh, heard them talk about the strategy of war, there really comes a lot of all that that happens. Nobody can do it like God. Nobody does it like He does. There's no one that can plan a battle like God. Look in the Word of God. It's throughout the entire pages. And oftentimes what I see Him do is have to get me totally helpless so I don't rely on my own power. Because until I become helpless, I say, God, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. 
God says, as soon as you sit down, I'll do it. (laughs) As soon as you sit down, I'll accomplish it. But you are not going to be able to lift a feather. It's me who does it. He will not share his glory with another. That's what we read. Anything I try to accomplish by my flesh will fail. You look at Abraham, and he heard something good from someone real close to him, and he thought he could work God's plan. And we're in a mess because of it. I mean, you look at that whole thing. Obedience matters to God. I'm not saying you're going to earn anything by being obedient, but God blesses obedience. He's a man of war. Listen to this. When he shouts, he says he will shout. And what is it that he's shouting? Yes! When God shouts yes, I mean to tell you that's exciting. If you're fighting his battle. If you're not fighting his battle, when God shouts yes, it can be very terrifying. It can be very serious. It can be literally worth life and death on an eternal scale. But God is the God that shouts, yes. He is the one that has a war cry. And best of all, it says, he will prevail. There has never been anything that God has not accomplished and nothing will that has not yet happened. He will do exactly what he says. Not one jot or tittle will be left. He will fulfill his word. So, When we talk about it's His, His power, the question is, what battle are you fighting? Because He wants you this year to understand that He's created you to be a new you. He's created you to work in the present now. Open the present. And He's called you to fight His kingdom battles. Not nonsense. Bow your head with me.